0: Max shows Charles how to win the driver's title. Mercedes show pace against Ferrari. Could the championship be over already? <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Late Night Race Review.
1: welcome back everyone to the belgian grand prix episode of the late night race view i'm dave jericho and we're back to a full house this week so joining me is owen scott and azedro gonzavish don't forget give us a follow or subscribe if you haven't already we have some big updates coming for the cast over the next little while so keep tuned and uh, see what's going on with that for now though it's all about the belgian grand prix what do you think everyone i have to say i I I enjoyed it. I was expecting a lot more from it, given that it was a mixed-up grid the way it was. But Verstappen dominated. I expected him to not get up to the front as quick as he did. Uh, So it sort of, for me, it kind of took a bit of the enjoyment away. I wanted to see a bit more of a struggle getting up to the front. But that being said, I did enjoy it, though. What did you you think, Scotty?
0: Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I I got what I expected as well. Ferrari um, messing up um, in certain parts and uh, more pit wall madness and uh, Max being an absolute beast. Um fantastic. I I personally I loved seeing him just lap after lap, just taking people.
1: Uh, it was it was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, no it was. He was absolutely absolutely a baller today,
2: so he was. What did you what you make of it, is zero uh, it was it was a great race. Dramatic start, but uh, overall it was it was very good. Yeah. The the uh, safety car at the beginning. Made the slow start of the race, but the rest of the 39 laps was very good.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I I mentioned there just um, kind of on my opinion of the race, Max Verstappen. And I mean, let's start out by saying like it was one hell of a performance from Max. I mean, I have to say it is up there with one of the best. Dominating drive, again, went from P14 on the grid to take the win. He's also now becomes the o- only the third driver to take a win at the Belgian Grand Prix when starting outside the top 10 so I mean he's joining names like Jim Clark in 62 and Schumacher in 95 so it's a it's a nice little uh, group to be involved in there um but he stretches lead even further in the championship and I mean surely he's made a statement with that performance today what did you think Scotty what did you make of the drive and you know again where, where where does he go from here? How does it get better for him from here?
0: It, it was just flawless, absolutely flawless. Um, and it, uh, pre to this the the summer break, I kind of had little not not doubts, obviously, but I just had these little niggles to say there's there's a chance there for Leclerc maybe to to pull some points back. Um, the, the Red Bull has been it's not been inconsistent recently, but it has had inconsistencies this year. But after today and seeing the way. Perez uh, and Max both drove. How Red Bull coped? Ugh, I think. I think that's it. Uh, to be honest, um, how does it get better? He keeps on doing that race after race after race and pummels everyone into the ground for the rest of the season. I think I would. I would enjoy seeing that a pure dominant Max season.
2: I yeah. love it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, absolutely incredible. And in and in the pa- the post race interviews as well, a lot of the drivers well more than a lot pretty much all of them were sort of given plaudits to max on on the performance today i mean not only a red bull in a league of their own but sort of max seems to be in a league of his own within the team as well compared to to sergio perez and do you think Isidro like do you think it was a bit of a statement from max today that he's you know he's laying down a marker for that second driver title
2: now uh yeah definitely uh, today max if there was any doubt he just showed that he wants to renew the title and Red Bull knows they, they need to call it and say Max will be our driver and Sergio Perez will just uh, need to do anything he can do to help. I mean, if they just keep up the pace as they are doing now, Red Bull will finish way ahead of all the constructors and both Max and Perez will finish way ahead of uh, their competitors as well yeah. and get the P1, P2.
1: Yeah, there it, it, it was some marker to lay down today and and look as much look I'm a Ferrari fan and I know Ferrari fans hate to hear it and even the neutrals probably hate to hear it as well but i mean as as Isidro was saying about how well how far they could finish ahead of everybody else it is pretty much unlikely at this stage scotty that anyone's going to catch them what do you think
0: yeah no that I, I said it earlier on that i think that's pretty much it for for the season um and the, the dynamic between Max and, and Checo has kind of been pretty clearly laid in the sand there today. Um, there was a, a point when Checo was ahead and Max was talking to the pit wall saying, look, we're kind of losing a bit of pace here. Max just breezed past him. And I think I think that was it for the season as well. It's, it's fairly clear Max is, is number one, isn't
1: it? Yeah, uh, I, I don't see anyone else. Unfortunately, like I said, we came into the second half of this season now or the second part of this season. Thinking that Ferrari might fix a few issues and, you know, obviously they were going to be the closest challengers, but I don't see that happening now. And not just for Ferrari incidences happening with Ferrari, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. I just think purely on the dominance of Red Bull today, like, again, forget about it being track specific, forget about Max having the power unit, uh, you know, the change of power unit. So obviously he had the performance advantage there. I think it was just it, it would have still been dominating regardless. Um and I mean look his teammate then Perez picked up the P2 as well so you know they maximized points this weekend even got you know Max obviously getting the uh, fastest lap as well. But maybe Perez got a little bit lucky as well in the way things kind of panned out for him. I mean he I mean he must have spun the wheels for about 8 minutes there on the on the start of the race. He just he seemed like he was going nowhere with the rest of the world. <laughs> passing him by, like, yeah. uh, but he but he retook Russell. Then there was the collision, obviously with Alonso. And Ham brought him back up to P two, and then he sort of just controlled it from there. He got caught out, obviously, then on the restart uh, with uh, after um the safety car came out. I think Signs locked up going into the chicane and then slowed up the pack a second time. So I think maybe he got caught out by that. But I think that was his opportunity. Had that not happened, maybe to take uh, Signs for, for for the race lead. But that being said, he still finished nine seconds ahead of signs at the end of the day, again, on an older power unit. So this is kind of goes back to what I was saying before about Red Bull being dominant. Forget about Max's power unit upgrades. Checo did this on a, on sort of his old power unit and still managed to finish nine seconds ahead of the Ferraris. So what do we make of the drive today, Zidro, from, from Checo? I mean, he's moved up to number two in the standings. Do we think he's going to? Will will he hold that number two for the rest of the season? Now finish up behind uh, Max at the end in the drivers'
2: title. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm sure that uh, Cecho will stay in the second position, protecting Max if needed. But he'll definitely has the has the skills and the confidence to finish second. I mean, his closest opponent will be what Leclerc, and he's already five points below. And uh, actually both drivers Ferrari drivers are just below signs uh, below Paris mm-hmm. so I'm sure he's uh, confident enough and has definitely has the car I mean even old power unit he was able just to get ahead of uh, the other two drivers so yeah I see I see Paris finish in the in a very confident and safe second position
1: yeah it is it is looking that way isn't it as like the
2: Ferrari drivers
1: are just seem to be dropping back further and further as the races go on um but speaking of Ferrari I mean they had absolutely no answer to Red Bull's ass kicking they were handed today and again I mean let's 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 no, not pull any punches here on this one it was an absolute ass kicking they were <laughs> today and and totally embarrassed on the track I mean they did have some issues that possibly could have corrected some of it I mean the the setup today I think wasn't correct uh they went for a higher downforce approach maybe not the right decision to make again in hindsight high tire degradation i don't know whether that was down to the t- to, to the setup or the track and um, and then of course then was talk of the technical directive being brought in or being enforced today from from today which was obviously for the or sorry for this race weekend which was to address the porpoising so as far as i was aware Ferrari had to raise the ride height of the car slightly as well. So all that combined obviously would have sort of reduced the performance on track, but again, not to the degree that we saw what, or or what unfolded. So, I mean, I, yeah, I just don't think even, even if they had corrected all those in, I- issues, I think the dominance Red Bull had today would have still gone pretty much unanswered by Ferrari. And I mean, with that in mind, Scotty, what did you make of signs managing, you know, with that sort of, handicap that they had so to speak what did you make of signs managing to hold on to that last podium stop spot i mean he probably got a little bit lucky there with george russell i mean he had a little off or not an off but he had a little moment on turn 14 in one of the sort of closing laps which sort of took the pressure off signs but uh, you know he he held on there for for that for that uh, final spot what do you think
0: Yeah, there's always this this little thing in signs is uh, driving that you're just waiting for something to happen. A little slip from here or there. I don't know whether that is... Uh, to do with not being used to the car or whether it's a temperament thing or whether it's concentration. But he does tend to slip here and there. And that that's why I wouldn't really, that's why I would put him in, in sort of that number two position in my head at at Ferrari. But he did well. No, he did did very, very well, considering what he was up against. Um, the two Red Bulls today were just Goliaths. He, he never would have stood a chance anyway. Um, so he did well, I think. Um, but, you know, there's just, they're, they're all, everything about Ferrari, there's always just these niggly doubts about them, and it's in, in my head anyway. It's not it's not going anywhere, uh, but
1: alarming that sorry to cut across you, just alarming yeah. as well though that at least whatever about the the issues going on within Ferrari in terms of reliability and um you know poor strategy and things like that, they still had a a car that had performance. But mm. today, I mean, it looked like Mercedes had a car that was either on par. Or you could argue, perhaps, if Hamilton was still in the race, Russell didn't make that mistake in the closing laps of the race. I mean, Mercedes could have ended up, you know, in a third, fourth position and Ferrari down in a fourth, fifth or sorry, a fifth and sixth position. So... I mean, look, it's all speculation, I guess, but I mean, it did appear that you know the performance has sort of disappeared for this race. Oh, look, we'll we'll hold we'll hold that or put a pin in that for the Netherlands race and see how they bounce back. Yeah. Um. But I mean, on the issues with Ferrari in our in, in the last podcast, actually, we discussed some of the issues that they had and what they could maybe resolve over the summer break. And one of them was sort of not taking on board the feedback from the drivers and. I thought that was a very important thing because, like I said, I think that had impacted them in the first part of the season quite a bit. Not listening to, you know, sort of their their how their what their drivers were feeling on the the tires they were on, and not sort of taking that into account when they were coming up with their race strategies or adjusting their race strategies on the fly. However, it it just seems like that pendulum swung completely the opposite way today, where they were sort of asking. Leclerc for him to tell them the race strategy and I mean and that went on for the you know in the the lengthy radio conversation Leclerc had with his race engineer and like Azito what do you make of that sort of radio call I mean surely they should have given Leclerc the best strategy to go on and then let him give feedback as to whether he felt it was correct or whether he felt he should stay on these tires or whatever but not maybe asking him to tell them what the, the strategy should be going forward.
2: It, it's good that Ferrari it was planning to ask or get feedback from the drivers, but I think like you say, they they went far, very far with that. I mean, having conversations on the over the radio and asking them what they want us to do. Uh, it's It's 80. They went from eight to 80 in in one race and they should just ask uh, and ask for feedback. And then review their strategy based on the feedback, and yeah. not distract the driver with all these sort of conversations and, oh, what do you want to do? What do you want us to do, and stuff like that. I mean, well exactly, they man should have come to focus on the race exactly. They should have discuss... come to him.
1: Sorry to cut across it. exactly. but just to say, on on what you were saying there, they should have gone to him and said, this is the optimal strategy that we feel, given what you're where where you're at at the moment in the race. This is what we feel you should do. What what are you feeling from the car, and um, what do, what are you thinking, Scotty, on that? Um,
0: I was kind of half waiting for your man in the pit wall to ask him what he was up to over the weekend or something. Like, just to start having this random conversation with him. It was so <laughs> it lengthy. was such a
1: long conversation, <laughs> wasn't
0: Ridiculous. it? Ridiculous. But it, it, did you see the the conversation that Max had uh, with the pit wall? It was um they were they were talking about was it tires and um, Max just said, "Let me extend it a little bit." And the, uh, the pit wall just said,
1: yep, understood. And that was it. And, and that's it, isn't it? I mean, Ferrari should have turned around and said, okay, we think to, to achieve fifth place, our, our, our target is fifth place, which they said to him. And that's, that's our target now is fifth place, which is sad when you think about it. But our target is fifth place. To, to reach fifth place, we need to extend the, the stint on this medium set before we pit. Uh, is that, what do you think? You know, is that achievable? How do you how do you feel the tires are working? Can can we do that? Instead, they just came off running off all the options and (laughs) and you know permutations. And you're just like, lads, what you've just gone from the extreme of ignoring the feedback from your drivers to just sort of making you know Charles Leclerc the head of strategy at Ferrari. (laughs) It's what are you doing? Yeah, but ridiculous. Look, I mean, in the end, he he did get the P (laughs) six. I mean, he should have had P five, but look, we'll get to that now in a second. Yeah. But he got P six. Had look, he had some bad bad luck at the start. I mean, there was a, a one of the tearaways for a visor got stuck in his brake duct. I did consider and look, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure what damage this would have caused, but because he was saying that there was smoke coming from uh, the front right when when they said it was the tearaway strip from a visor. I mean, I thought surely. I just thought that that would have sort of melted or burnt off. I, I just, I was wondering how much damage would that actually have caused to the brake disc? Granted, that's a gamble. Hence why I'm not in charge of Ferrari, <laughs> but could be, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do any worse, but yeah, just, you just wonder like, surely that would have just burnt off on the, on the brake, do- uh, the brake tin. Um, but look, anyway, they did what they did. They pitted him. Um, Actually, the funny thing as well is Max Verstappen thought it might have been his tearaway strip. Did you see that in the post-race interviews? Yeah, he says that because I can't remember who it was. Someone went wide onto the gravel and kicked up dust. And Verstappen said at that point, that's where he pulled off his tearaway strip and threw it out. So he was wondering whether it was his tearaway strip that Leclerc New collected. strategies <laughs> just tearaway strips just fly to- It's like Mario Kart yeah, throwing banana <laughs> skins out. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable! All right, we're we're we're, we're getting off track here, <laughs> but I mean. Look, he, he came in. He, he did start to recover. He, he did well, especially on the second stint. He was starting to recover quite well. Um, and then, obviously, again, same was what happened with signs. The tire degradation just hit him hard. And he started dropping off from George Russell, like, at a rapid rate of not, I mean, at one stage, I think it was nearly like a second a lap he was dropping off from, from, from George Russell. So... It was clear, though, they had to do something to try and maximize the points from the weekend. So, I mean, they brought them in then for the soft tires to go for the fastest lap. There was a tire, or sorry, there was a sensor failure, though, which led to Leclerc speeding in the pit lane. Ferrari have said that that sensor issue was as a knock-on effect to that tearaway strip. Getting stuck in the brake duct now. I'll leave that there in just open space. I'm not even going to leave my comments on that one. (laughs) So that's what Ferrari said anyway. Um, So he got a five-second penalty, um, and they exited him him from the pit lane alongside Alonso snapping at his heels. Um, And in the end, it cost Leclerc, because of that five-second penalty and the close proximity to Alonso, it cost him the P5. Uh, So instead of getting, what was it, 10, 10 points for P5, they got eight points for P6 and no fastest lap. So they ended up just losing out on two points because they decided to to make that strategy. And just while we're talking about, previously we were talking about um, not listening to their drivers, apparently as well over the radio, uh, Leclerc said that he didn't want to risk it and come in for that fastest lap. But in, in the conversation, it was something to the effect of, I don't want to take the chance. I don't want to make the risk. Okay, thanks, Charles. Box, box, box. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That was sort of the, you know, not verbatim, but that's sort of the gist of how it went down. So, look, they had to make the game. I'm not going to slate them completely for it. They have to gamble. They have to try and get the points. Um, th- There was a point there. What what did you make, though, Scotty? Do you think it was the right call to go for that gamble? Or do you think it was just another knee-jerk reaction for Ferrari? <sighs> our...
0: I mean... I the other side of this coin is if it if it came off we'd be looking at it going yeah that was a good call very good call but like it, it was it seemed to be just bad luck if the censor thing is to be believed then that is uh, that's absolutely pure bad luck uh, on ferrari's part mm. um the other side of that as well is that if leclerc did say i do not want to come in uh, here we are again yeah we're back in that room again (laughs) the 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 circus has arrived back in town once again um and i guarantee you if it was max in that position and max said uh, in fact max wouldn't have said i don't want to come in max would have said i'm not coming in and would have kept on driving yeah um and that would have been fine um but it's just
1: more of the same isn't it really well which you have to kind of that you made a good point there if that had been Verstappen or Hamilton, and they didn't agree with that call at that point in the in the race, they would have just driven past the the pit lane yep. entry. They wouldn't have gone in, and, and they would have just you know, when the you know, the, the sorry, the race engineer would have come over the radio and said you know, what's going on? We wanted you to box. He just said, it's not the right call. I'm not doing it. End of story. Yep. And that would have been sort of Hamilton Verstappen's. So Leclerc should maybe you know, there is a bit of maybe you need to, I don't know, be a little bit more uh, stern in your in your stance uh, on that one, but I mean, go on, are you?
0: Yeah, no, I I just I, th- I do think he does all round need to be a little bit more aggressive um, with the with the, the pit wall. Just be a bit more aggressive in mm. how he, um, or just not aggressive, just assertive in how he puts himself across. I think he's just a little bit weak in that in that. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: but I mean, if the... he wants to be the, the number one driver in Ferrari, he needs to step up. Yeah, I agree with you, Scotty.
1: Yeah, and look, Ferrari weren't. It, it was a okay. It wasn't a train wreck of a weekend. I mean, it wasn't from, from performance point of view, but from decision making, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a complete train wreck. But those issues still creeped in. I mean, even in qualifying, when Leclerc came over the radio on in in Q three, and he's like, he was asking about what's the story with the set of tires, and then his race director or his race engineer came over and goes, oh, "Sorry, we have you on the wrong set." And he's like, okay, what do I do? Do I come in or do I, no, no, keep going. Like keep going on your new set of soft tires that actually will have no, the the lap time you're about to set now is not going to do anything for you. You're out of position now in terms of the sort of the, the the cars that are going to be coming out and, and the position on track for, for doing another fast lap. So they then had to bring him in. They brought him in, left him in. Obviously, they didn't have enough time to refuel him and stuff, so they waited till Signs came round, so they could get the tow. Mm-hmm. Sent Leclerc out ahead of Signs, just at the bottom of Eau Rouge. and as far as I'm aware, Signs ended up having to lift ever so slightly because he was getting so he was getting close to the back of Leclerc. So it just now look, he still ended up sitting on pole for the for the race day, but uh, look. We had this podcast last week about what could be fixed and and you know would they fix it over the summer break? I think we've got our answer, so um, let's move on. <laughs> oh, and also, I did like Alonso's response uh, when he was asked about was he surprised in seeing Leclerc pitting, and he says Ferrari always does strange strategies and laughs. <laughs> so true, so true. Um, so okay, look, let's let's move on from Ferrari. Mercedes, it was a good result from Russell. Again, they had the pace on Ferrari, I think. So it could have easily been a podium. But that sort of driver error came in there at the end, unfortunately, cost them a couple of tenths. But is it confusing how they're, they get, they're, like, they got a pole position in Hungary, then they're 1.8 seconds off pole in Belgium. And then, but then they have the race pace then to compete against the Ferraris who have magically lost some race pace do you think Isidro like Mercedes are any closer to understanding what's going on with their car? I mean, even Toto comes out and says, it's great. We get our, you know, we got the pole position, but we don't actually understand how we got pole position. So do you, do you think maybe they should do what, I mean, Hamilton was interviewed and he, and he said that basically he thinks that Mercedes should now just focus on the 2023 car and that should be the end of it. What do you think? Do you think that it's think he's got a point there? Do you think that this season's done now there's probably nothing to gain. Run the car you have and just focus on 2023 now.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the they they are very far away from getting the the top spot as the constructors, but they definitely have a chance in getting the in getting the Ferrari and reach the second place. So I think it's a bit too too soon for for them just to drop and like Hamilton was saying they can still focus on this season get the second spot as a constructor and even the the pilots i mean uh, george russell is can if ferrari keeps doing what they're doing and mercedes keep their pace at the moment george russell could definitely finish in the third place yeah so uh, i think uh, mercedes just they may not understanding the their, their cars but whatever they're doing, they can definitely finish second as constructor and get to one of the drivers in P3.
1: But at what cost, though? I mean, could this impact the development of the car in 2023? So, I mean, you know, you have to look at what happened with Ferrari. Like, they, they just completely bailed out uh, and went with a, you know, and just focused on the new, the new regulations, the new car. So, I mean, is there a bit of, they've got the direction of this car wrong um, they're, they're they're doing the best they can with it, but they've got the direction of this car wrong. And maybe look, make the most of it. Don't obviously you're not you're not throwing in the towel. Make the most of it. I mean, they're, they're possibly going to get second in the constructors' title anyway, thanks to Ferrari just making an absolute holy joke of themselves. So you know, I don't know. Do you not think maybe just on that on on those grounds they should just kind of say, Do you know what, let's try and get a car that's going to be capable of t- challenging for the title next year.
2: I think they still have time to get the comfortable position to get the second before they get the eyes out of this season completely and mm. just focus on the next one. Yeah. And they well, could get a bit more understanding of this car and maybe that would help with the season 2023. Yeah. But uh, I think they still have a few, a few, a few tricks to show. I mean the second part of the season has just started, so still a lot of points in the game. Yeah,
1: I mean, st- <clears throat> excuse me, st- still eight races left, so I mean, I don't think, th- we, we did think maybe sort of, especially coming out of Hungary and stuff like that, we thought, you know, maybe there is a race win on the cards for for Mercedes in the second half, but I mean, unless, uh, you know, Red Bull just explode, um, don't see anybody beating them. But I mean, Hamilton. So you're know, speaking of of, of because we were just chatting about Hamilton. But on Hamilton, he had a good start today. Good start off the line. Uh, then ended up squeezing Alonso. I'm not sure whether it was into turn five or turn seven. He squeezed Alonso um, onto on the apex and caused the collision. Some strong words from from uh, Alonso in he heat at the moment, referring to him as an idiot. And I think he said something to the effect of, "That's what happens when you're not used to start. You know, when you're only used to starting from." From first on the grid. Yeah. Now, granted, look, Lewis put his hands up, took the blame for the incident to some extent. I mean, he was he just sort of referred to it as he was in my blind spot. Personally, I don't believe that. I think he just he just defended aggressively and was expecting Alonso to back out and he didn't. So because of that, though, uh, Hamilton didn't get any uh, sort of future penalty from from the FIA. Was you know it was investigated and in or sorry, of from the race stewards, he it was investigated, chalked up as a lap one racing incident. Do you think, Scotty, that's a fair outcome for for what happened, or do you think, again, like I'm saying, Hamilton did defend too aggressively, and his whole blind spot kind of excuse is a bit sort of uh, lame, shall we say, to say the least?
0: Yeah, A lot of things played in in Hamilton's favour here. Um, The fact that he had to retire the car and Alonso didn't. Alonso finished the race. Um, His sad walk
1: back to the pit lane. (laughs) Oh, do you know what? When that happened, all I could think of was, you know in Family Guy, when Stewie goes, play that sad going away music from yeah. the Incredible Hulk. That's <laughs> yeah. all I could think of. <laughs> um,
0: so I think the Stewarts kind of took pity on him a little bit more than anything. Um, yeah, no, I think he was just lucky that he didn't do, uh, he didn't do a lot of damage to Alonso because yeah, he could have, he could have got a, some sort of a penalty there. Probably should have in fairness. It was hyper aggressive. Um, and I, I love to see that as well. Um, I wouldn't like to see him backing out either.
1: No, no, completely. You, you want you want to see them both kind of kind of keeping their noses in that corner. But yep. at the end of the day, if there is an accident, and someone's to blame. You know, at the end of the day, there should still be a penalty. And I think then there was a, I think a, just a verbal warning then to Hamilton for not going to the medical centre as well right, yeah. after the incident. I'll be honest, I think that was all showboating. I think that was something about the whole nose piercings and jewellery thing. You know, there was something there with that that they there was no like that accident wasn't a bad accident yeah okay yeah, yeah the the car went up in the air but in terms of accidents from formula one that was not a bad accident yeah. so for them to make a big song and dance that oh we gave him a warning now because he didn't listen to us by going to the medical center you know have a relax that could have been done behind closed doors there's no need for that yeah um, agreed but uh some honourable mentions, though, from the race. There was some absolute belting overtaking going on with Alonso and Ocon. The Alpines, I just think, had as a team just—I think they had a spectacular race. More so, Ocon. I mean, he was doing triple overtakes and double overtakes. He was just—he was—he was on it today. I think. And so I want to focus on Ocon as he Like some of the overtakes, like I said, they were absolutely incredible. Do you think now he's at a at a point in his career that he could take that number one driver spot at Alpine and, and lead the team if they bring in maybe a more a
2: rookie driver or something like that? Yeah, I think uh, now that Alonso is out at the end of the the season, Ocon is trying to show uh, the team that he has what it takes to be the the number one driver and I yeah. think that he wants to do. And he's been pretty consistent. I mean, he only retired once so far and i think he was only on those races he finished out of the points only two times so he's a pretty consistent driver and today the amount of overtakes he did he he proved that he he has the skills yeah he can definitely be take the number one seat in alpine and see who they get for number two well, some brilliant. Yeah, there was absolute brilliant overtaking and stuff that sort of
1: reminisced of Mika Hakkinen and stuff like that. Because they were they were sort of saying about that after the race, and and Alcon, I think he was he was talking to Anthony Davidson or whatever I think it was on the Skypad afterwards, and and he was saying that actually Mika Hakkinen actually came around to the to the uh, to the garage before the race just to kind of wish him good luck and stuff like that. So just funny. I thought it was thought, thought, thought it was a nice touch, but it was. I did th- think it was very similar. Some of the moves that he made. Um, and and similar corners as well. So, uh, but another driver who had a had a incredible, well, low key but an incredible race was Pierre Gasly. I mean, there wasn't much talk of him through the commentary and stuff like that. On or on the so the race director didn't give him much coverage. But started in the pit lane uh, after an electrical issue with the car. Uh, I think there was some some issue that was preventing the car from from starting. Went from the pit lane, finished P9, which I think that's just an absolutely incredible drive from him. And I think with the fact that he's got now these, this strong link with the empty Alpine seats, uh, I suppose that's not going to do him any harm. What do you think, Scotty?
0: Yeah, uh, this season for, for Gasly, he's been putting in some OK performances, but... As you say, under the radar seems to be his thing this season. He's just kind of tipping away there, doing little bits. Yeah, I haven't really noticed him at all. Like today, I didn't really notice him um, uh, much. I, I, for you, you mentioned the, the Alpine seat. When you look at the standings, like Mick Schumacher, uh, Gasly, and Ricardo are all in and around that same sort of area. But if you're the the that Ocon shout about being the number one driver, I think that's a good move and. Mm. The only one really that makes sense to bring in there is probably a Mick Schumacher um, into the Alpine seat. But, in saying that, yeah, no, um, Gasly today, he was, uh, he, he, had a, he had a great great race. I don't think, I don't think that pushes him ahead of anyone else uh, for the Alpine seat, though, I don't think.
1: Well, it, it it's unfortunate that for some reason the Haas car has gone backwards all season, yeah. like, all season. And the new updates are just doing nothing for them. so it's, you know, Mick's having an absolute torrid time trying to Show his worth in Formula One and show what he can actually do, and I mean, there's no point in saying, "Oh, that's Mick Schumacher." You know, he's not the driver everyone thinks he is, or you know, he's not as good as K. Mag, because K. Mag finished equally as poorly in, in the last couple of races since since the major overhaul of the car. So, just as a team, I think they're just starting to slip backwards, but. Yeah, it does raise the question, like as well, like you're saying there, who does take that that seat at Alpine? You've got Ricardo, you've got uh, Gasly and Schumacher, sort of the three names touted around. I know Hulkenberg's name is sort of down there on the list somewhere, but those three. But I mean, if Ocon's going to be sort of seen as the team leads, you know, the number one driver, and they want to maybe have a clear distinction there, then you know ricardo's not the man to bring back because then ocon's sitting back as number 2 so then you're going to upset the chemistry and and the 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 sort of the you know you're going to you're going to upset basically ocon's side of the garage at doing something like that especially if he's feeling that he's earned that number 1 spot mm-hmm. gasly probably on equal footing with ocon in terms of you know experience and you know where he sees he has at his career so like you said you were saying about Schumacher I mean that is literally the only driver you bring in someone who's you know just out of his rookie kind of years and and would be happy to play second fiddle to uh, to Ocon. Mm. but um but anyway I digress I move on um so look that's that's it for Belgium but before we go Latifi brought out a safety car again <laughs>
0: I thought you weren't going to talk about
1: it. Oh, no, no. I have to have have to mention that he brought out a safety car whilst his teammate finished in the for 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 the Belgian Grand Prix. I look, I enjoyed it. I thought, uh, unfortunately, it was a shame that uh, Max didn't, uh, didn't, didn't drag out that uh, climb through the, through the grid, but, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. Now, it's been a while since we've done this, so we're a bit rusty but let's jump back in. The midseason break is over. It's time for the predictions. Yes. So let's give everyone a bit of a recap here. Oh, Jesus, I forgot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Dave Jericho, six points. Owen Scott, also on six points. And Azedro <laughs> on three points. So let's have a look where we stand this week. So, right. I had to finish with a win, Max Verstappen.
0: Yeah, one point. Well done, Dave.
1: That's where it ends. I had... <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, well, not really, though. No.
1: Well, second, I had Leclerc. Yep. Yeah, goose egg. Yeah. <laughs> and third, okay, I, I, I just about, just about had signs. You saved it there. Just about. So, Scotty, who did you have? Uh I went for a Verstappen win.
0: Um I then uh, so I get a point. Uh, then went for science number two. Oh. Um which for a part of the race I was very excited. Um and then so which didn't happen. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so was he. yeah, a bit over excited. <laughs> yeah. Um and then Hamilton three, which didn't happen either. Might have happened only for he went right into Alonso. Uh, so, Alonso's wheel. Yeah, one point. One
1: point. Okay. Oh sorry. Right. Okay. Azedro, Jesus. Yeah, I was very naive. (laughs) Did
2: Ferrari learn anything during the break? No. I've got Leclerc first, Sainz second, and George Russell third. You are close
1: on Russell, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now, for
1: a second, let me just bring up the results. Sorry, bear with me here.
0: We were not feeling Red Bull, were we? Oh,
1: are you oh. talking about? Well, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, the yeah the session. next part. All right, hi, I'm Perev. Let me see here. So let me pull up the results here. Okay, so so my flop was Sergio Perez. I thought he was due a DNF, and it did not happen. Mm. So,
2: Scotty,
0: yeah, same as I went Perez DNF. Yeah, didn't happen. I'm not doing that again
2: ever. Ezidro. <laughs> Best stop in Yeah, <laughs> th-
1: Jesus, there was hate for Red <laughs> Bull this
2: week. <laughs> we
0: we have learned. We have learned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was your surprise, Dave?
1: Oh, Jesus, Mick Schumacher, <laughs> zero points. I mean, like he possibly had his like. Oh no, he, he actually. I thought he finished behind Latifi for some reason, but he actually didn't. So hmm. success.
0: <laughs> um, I went Sonoda top ten,
1: and it, it looked as if he was going to get
0: that up until the last what ten laps, I think.
1: Yeah, P13. And... Oh, and look
2: at the legend
1: himself. Yeah, look two at Javis this. E-Drop.
2: Yeah, Gasly top ten.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a P9. That was a good. That was a good result. However, not enough. <laughs> no, I no. take the victory this week. Yeah. with oh, two points. <clears throat> To one and two, is one. So that means David is on <laughs> seven points. Scotty on six, and Azedro remains on three. Jesus, Azedro, you're struggling. Uh,
0: yeah, he did. He did arrive a little bit later than us. In fairness,
1: <laughs> when did he arrive for the Monaco? Wasn't it? Yeah, Monaco. I'm just looking here.
0: Yeah, so we had a few under our belt. So uh, what's that? that? One,
1: two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. It's no excuse. There, there's eight, there's eight points there to be ones, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. So my top three for Netherlands <laughs> is.
0: I think we all know what our top threes are going to be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh well, actually, well, hang on a second. Then I I think you might be surprised with mine. All right. come on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might. You might laugh. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, well, the first one is is obvious. It's Max Verstappen.
0: Yeah, no surprise.
1: No. Number two, though, I'm predicting that Ferrari might resolve something and Leclerc. What <laughs> 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 the fuck. Uh, Leclerc P <clears> two, <throat> and here's where it gets even more interesting. I'm going with Lewis Hamilton. Oh, P three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, Scotty, who you got? Who's your top three?
0: We we're, were of somewhat of a similar mind. Well, um, I, I can
1: just type Verstappen in, can I?
0: Yeah, you can. Yeah, we <laughs> might as well do that for the rest for of the season. For all three of us, I think. Yeah, yeah. Max number one. I uh, don't want to lose any points there. Uh, yeah. So, Max number one. Perez number two. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to go for Russell number three. Yeah, Mercedes is going to be in the top three next awesome. week for sure.
1: Yeah. I think so, too. It. Isidro, just type in Verstappen for you as well. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> That is second, and uh,
2: Leclerc third. Oh, Leclerc.
1: Okay, we got a little bit of a a mix-up here. All right. My flop is going to be Carlos Signs. Oh. And
0: I'm going
1: to go with a DNF. Jesus. I think he's going to have a DNF. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just have a feeling there's there's going to be an engine issue. I just think he's, I, I can't remember when he fitted that engine. Like, Leclerc's after taking a new engine. signs hasn't. Like, I mean, he only had a fire earlier on. So, I mean, he's yeah. due another one.
0: I, I think, yeah, what's going to happen <clears throat> is uh, the pit crew are going to come out and instead of putting um, uh, petrol in his car, they're going to put M&Ms
1: in or something diesel yeah diesel from yeah, the yeah. diesel from green the truck, diesel from the dhl trucks that are used to haul their gear <laughs> one of them will be juggling something no doubt um, meanwhile a dhl truck is taken off like a rocket with a 10 percent ethanol fuel <laughs>
0: jesus might get my delivery on time yeah um my flop for next week is sebastian vettel um and i'm going to say what? dnf
1: oh yeah okay yeah do you think it's gonna be a crash or reliability? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't. Have I, I think reliability,
0: out. but um, yeah, I'm gonna say DNF for Vettel, and he was top ten today. He was number uh, P8, which was a great result, by the
2: way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we didn't mention that earlier. Actually, yeah, Vettel did a did a stellar job today. Yeah, very good. Isidro,
2: my flop after after the praise, I give Alcon. I'll say flop will be Alcon out of top oh, two. Uh, I I find it hard to 10. bet against <clears throat> Albin,
0: uh at the moment.
1: Yeah, they they just seem to be <clears throat> they seem to have sewn up that kind of 7 8 position 6 7 8 some, somewhere around there. Yeah. Outside top 10. All right, interesting. Surprise. Ah, uh, I you know, I left it there. Uh, you know, actually when 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 the season's over, <laughs> I have to go back and check how many times I've done this. Because I think it's a lot.
0: We've the same surprise, I think.
1: No, I doubt it. Well, I'd be surprised if we do. But <laughs> <So laughs> I'll be. I'm going with Schumacher. Yeah. Oh Jesus! All right, Schumacher. <laughs> I've gone with top ten. Uh, so yeah, me, me too. So, all right, Scotty's gone with Schumacher, top ten as well. It's going to
0: happen for him. What's your reason
1: <clears throat> for the top ten? Yeah. Um.
2: <sighs> no other cars. Uh, yeah
1: I, yeah I think there's going to be a bit of cars in front of them going out like I I I'm going to say like sort of like 15 cars are going to finish the race that type of thing and he'll you know maybe from this race with the two the fact that Magnuson and Schumacher both ran all the upgrades they might have learned a bit more to to optimize it for Zandvoort um but that so so I just think they're going to be able to Pull a bit more out of that car than they have been. So, but I do think as well there's going to be the assistance from other cars going out. Your Vettel DNF being one of them, and my yeah. signs DNF, and Ocon an outside top ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah,
0: I, I think uh, I think Schumacher has a little bit of an eye on that Alpine seat. Obviously, he does. Everyone's on their best behavior, and I think he's going to pull something out of the bag now. To the yeah, the season he has summer.
1: to like if he wants to if he wants to stick yeah. around in F1 he's got to he's got to show the goodies.
2: Yep. All right, Azidro, the last one. By surprise, it'll be both Aston Martin get points. Oh, oh, oh that's Boat. a new one. Wow, yeah, we've twist. never that before. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Plot
0: twist. That was good to see, each other. I like that. Yeah,
1: Aston Martin both in top 10. That's interesting. I like that bet. That's, that's a, a new good move. That's a good move. I never even thought of using that as an option. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. know it was an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That was nice to see, Drew. I like that.
1: Gee,
2: yeah, but, I yeah. mean... Although, if I get that, that means that, uh, Scotty, your Vettel DNF will not come through.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're betting against each other directly. But yeah. I don't think you're going to
1: really care about that as you drove. That, <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah. case. <laughs> I think your downside will be Stroll getting inside that top 10. I just have a feeling Vettel's... Yeah, there's, there's more chance Vettel getting in that top 10 than Stroll. But, um, wow, both in the top 10.
2: Yeah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> but well, definitely a surprise. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. May the Lord be with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for this week's episode, folks. Uh, not long to wait now for the next one as we're back for the Netherlands Grand Prix in a week's time. So that should be interesting. As always, if you want to get in touch with your questions, comments, corrections, send them on to feedback at latenightraceview.com or anywhere you find us on social media. Until next week, though.